Did you know that if you're an independent home improvement retailer, you are already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association? The NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways. From Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become a better, more profitable business owner. To learn about what NRHA is doing for you, visit nrha.org. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know that a week after I sat down with Ted McDonald for our interview, Bolt's hardware suffered extensive damage due to an accidental electric fire in the historic 90-year-old building. The fire took place on the evening of Monday, February 17th. As Ted dealt with the aftermath of the fire and trying to pick up the pieces, COVID-19 hit the country shortly after. We recently had Ted back on the show to fill us in on what's happened since we originally spoke to him. In the first few minutes of the recording, there is some feedback in the sound quality, but we switched to a different line and the rest should be easy listening. The first half of this episode is the original recording from earlier this year. The second half is the follow-up that we recently recorded with Ted. Thanks to Ted for coming back on the show. Welcome to another episode of Hardware Retailing's podcast, Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagnon. In today's episode, I'm talking with Ted McDonald of Bolts Hardware in Martinsburg, West Virginia. The store has been serving the hardware and garden needs of the community since 1929 and even gives those with a sweet tooth a treat with their extensive candy selection. Ted, we're so excited to have you on the show. Um, so welcome, and maybe if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, and you're the owner, correct? Yeah, so uh, uh, my name is Ted McDonald, and I'm the, uh, I guess my title is President and CEO of uh, Bolts Hardware in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Uh, we are Eastern Panhead of West Virginia. We're a really funny-looking shaped state, and we're close to Washington, D.C. Uh, I think technically we're considered Washington, D.C. metro area. Oh, awesome. Um, so before we kind of hop into talking about the business and, and all that, do you mind telling us a little bit about your story leading up to working in it? And is it a family business? Maybe just tell us the background of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do my best. I'm really bad at long story short. So, uh, the Bolts Hardware was founded in 1929. Um, and it was owned by the Bolts family. It's not actually a pun, even though I wish somebody was that clever. Really? Yeah, it was founded by the Bolts family in 1929, and, and then in the 1960s, it was sold to another family, and that family owned it up until when I bought it. Um, I started working here right out of high school. Really weird story. I, just by chance, I happened to live on the same street as the uh, owner's grandson. Mm-hmm. He was about my age, looks almost exactly like me. He walked up on my porch one day, knocked on my door, can you lift 40 pounds? Uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, do you know where Bolts Hardware is? Never heard of it in my life. No. Okay. Well, if you want the job, be there at eight o'clock Monday morning. Okay. So I show up Monday morning and uh, I worked. I'm I'm really bad at timelines, but I believe I worked here as just, you know, you know, regular old staff for about two and a half, three years uh, while in college. And then, uh, they came to me, I was 21 and offered me a salaried position as general manager. And, um, 
uh, and a, a week's paid vacation, right? And, you know, that's not that great of a deal, but you're 21 and in college and somebody does that to you, you're like, yeah. So uh, I said, great, yeah, dropping out of college, let's do this. And uh, so I ran it for about two years. And then two years in, the owners came in and said, okay, every project you're working on, stop, uh, we're liquidating. And I was crushed. I had given my entire life to this place up to that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, my skill sets were all bolts hardware based um, and everything. And I was, you know, I, I had nothing. I dropped out of college. So I would have had to reinvent myself and I wasn't interested in doing that. So I said, nah, never mind. I'm buying you out. So That's um, awesome. I started that process and uh, took over. What, when was that that you did that? I, it was either four or five years ago. I know the, I know the anniversary uh, was uh, January 15th. I just can't remember whether it was four or five years ago at this point, but four or five years ago. Yeah. 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 So I'm 26 years old now and I think I bought it when I was 22. So four years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, now that you took over the business, did you keep a lot of the employees that were still there and like kind of tell us a little bit about what the size of the store is. I know you said before we started the conversation that you're like, we're at the smallest store, but like how many employees do you guys have? And just like, what's the footprint of the store like? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, um, well, we're very seasonal. So at this moment, I only have four staff members and that'll jump all the way up to about 10, um, in the busy seasons. I had, um, kept every employee that I had on board when I bought it, mainly because I, I mean, most of the employees that were here when I bought the place, I had hired during my tenure as the manager. Yeah. And um, there was uh, a lot of retired guys, older guys working here. Uh, one of them uh, was in charge of our services, which was sharpening screens and windows. And um, he had been working here longer than I'd been alive. Wow. Um, I think he had been working here for 30 years after he retired from his uh uh, whatever his previous job was. And, um, it, that, that'd been pretty crazy actually, because just in November, all three of my retired guys, totally unannounced, totally different reasons retired, you know, one week after another, I was like, Whoa, what's going on here? No. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But, um, so the store is, um, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Um, it's footprint of saleable space of floor space it's about 7,000 square feet. The building itself is 14,000 square feet, but because of local codes and nonsense like that, we can't actually use the second story of the, of the building for mm -hmm. any, except for storage and workshops. Yeah. Um, we are, it, it, the building is an old house essentially. So it, it has three or four additions to it, but as you're driving by, it looks like an old house. Oh, cool. um, and they had their store in the bottom story and they lived upstairs. Um, and then over the years, there's been additions and additions and additions. So, um, the old warehouse is what it was called. Um, it's now my garden center. And, um, then I, right now I'm sitting in our greenhouse, which is just essentially a lean to <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, clear sheeting on the outside. Um, and that's where we, uh, will start and or store excess amounts of plants during our busy season that we can't store outside. Um, uh, we are in a downtown area. There's a, the parking is street parking. Um, I, you know, I can't store, you know, a tractor trailer load of topsoil and stuff like that. So they create really interesting logistical challenges 
because I don't have a lot of space like that. But um, yeah, so that that's that's my store. Yeah. So one of the things you earlier had mentioned, and, and in case someone was listening and wasn't sure, um, I originally actually met you through NRHA's uh, Retail Management Certification Program, RMCP for short. Mm-hmm. We all call it that. Um, but kind of tell us about how you even connected and, and heard about it and what made you want to do it. And had you been following NRHA or hardware retailing before? I, I just love to hear your story on what led you to it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll be the first to say that when it comes to organizations or associations, I avoid them like the plague. <laughs> um, but the more I was reading about the NRHA, I realized that, like, it's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, you're, all not, you're all not out to take people's money and just, you know, take people's money um, and give you, a, a, you know, a window sticker and call it, call it a day. Um, no, it, like, I really, really like, really, really like the NRHA. So I was reading, I think, through a hardware retailing magazine, and um, I saw this retail, about the RMCP, and I just wanted to know what it was all about. So I I don't remember if I emailed in or called in, and eventually I got a hold of um, Scott Wright, mm-hmm. who is a rock star, <laughs> and um, went through the sign-up process. And, I mean, they worked with me a lot because, I mean um, – I'm an owner operator, so I think that's pretty strange for the program. Most people that go through the program are, um, you know, managers or managers to be. And um, I was a owner operator, and I um, couldn't afford the tuition right out of the gate. And Scott said, "No worries, we're gonna, you know, amortize this for you," and uh, made it so that I could do it. And um, I realized when I had purchased this place that everything I knew about running a hardware store or business in general came from the people that I bought it off of and that if they were running it to a point where they had no choice but to sell it to a 21-year-old or 22-year-old or however old I was kid, then I they were probably missing the ball on a couple of things. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And so I knew that there was gaps that... I needed to be able to fill. And that's one of the things, probably the biggest thing that led me to the RMCP or why I was so intrigued by it, because I knew that I needed better training. I I needed to know, I needed to have better skills um, to handle the business, period. Um, And it it was awesome. I mean, I learned so much stuff. I think I talked about it earlier in the call. Interestingly enough, I learned everything um, that I should be doing that I can't. But that's just as important as knowing what you need to be doing, because you know, um, it, it 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 sent me off on another path that so far is working really well for me that I would have never even dreamed of um, if I wouldn't have taken that course. And um, and it teaches you so many things. I mean, it teaches you you know the things I guess what you'd call more the hard skills. How do you merchandise? Uh, yeah. What the, the the mechanics of the sale and how to read your balance, your, not your profit and loss statements, and all that stuff. It also teaches you like the soft skills. Um, my favorite course is actually the first one with uh, Dr. Rob Matthews and learning about um, your your strength profiles and and the, and, the, and the psychology behind that and 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 how to use it in a uh, management aspect 
um, everyone that works for me now has taken that uh, Clifton Strengths test, and um, the the results are kept between me and that that employee. Mm-hmm. But it it does a couple of things. It it it, it shows them, uh, I guess, a deeper insight into how they think, um, which I think um, is important for um, just introspect. And then it helps me find ways to uh, use them to their best ability. Um, you know, I, when it comes, if I have to delegate a task out, I'm obviously not going to choose person A if this is something that I'm not naturally geared towards because it's going to take them longer and they're going to struggle with it a little more and maybe become more frustrated with it and lose some of the charm that a lot of people get from working for an old store like this, um, where I can throw someone in that role that's naturally, um, um, set up for that sort of task and they're going to love it and they're going to get more buy-in and hopefully become more of a actively engaged employee, which is really, really important. We talked about that too, three different kinds of employees. Uh, I can't remember the phraseology off the top of my head, but you've got engaged employees, um, disengaged and actively disengaged or something. And, you know, the, the importance of all that. And I loved the RMCP, loved it. Not to mention I got to travel and meet new people and that's, you know, priority one in my life anyway. Yeah. So what was, did you come in like a little skeptical and what, what do you think the difference was between visit one, two, and three for you? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Skeptical was the term. I definitely had faith in the program, Yeah. but it's new. You're nervous. Um, you're not sure what to expect. Um, but, and maybe you would, I don't know if I did this, but I can see how people can maybe doubt the I don't know, the legitimacy of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you go in there and you have actual college professors talking to you and actual industry leaders talking to you, and you're meeting, um, even if they're not teaching, you know, you're you're meeting other industry leaders just through um, your classmates and stuff. Definitely. Um, and uh, each time, I mean, it, right during the first visit, I had already made – so many friends uh, that, you know, we couldn't wait to see each other the next time. Um, uh, it was just, it was really that cool. Yeah. Um, you guys had a fun I know, I class. I, I was kind of, so I no longer do our social media. We've kind of shifted some stuff around. But at mm-hmm. the time when, when your class was going on, I was in the midst of trying to do social media as well. And uh, mm-hmm. I had fun with you guys. You all seemed to really get along. It was a smaller group, so I feel like you get to know people better when there's less yeah. people. Um, and now I had fun. I had fun with all you guys. So it was it was uh, cool seeing all of you guys from the first visit to the last. You all seemed so close, and um, I'm sure. Do you still stay in touch with people even now? Uh, I'm really bad at it. I'll be honest. I'm I'm so busy. I can't. You're not I don't shoot, even know what day it is half the time. Texts and Snapchats. <laughs> No, no, I don't. <laughs> but um, I will say me and um, uh, Stephen uh, Savant from down in uh, uh, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> I don't know how Texas is a big state. I'm not too sure where. Yeah, yeah. Uh, text from time to time. We're we're always kind of talking. And uh, <laughs> he'll text me, and uh, it'll be like a week before I get back to him. But, yeah, we, we stay in touch. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you going to see it? Are you going to the upcoming Orgel show? Do you, do you yeah. ever see people yeah. when you're at like trade shows? Like, is that a good opportunity to meet up with your friends in the industry? Um, I don't know of any of the closer friends that I made 
and RMCP was actually any uh, Orgo dealers. I think most of them are True Value. Yeah. But um, but um, I think I I did run into Jace. I ran into Jace uh, Mattinson of Hickenbottom um, up at the Chicago show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so what was the project you did through RMCP? Because <laughs> each of them has a business improvement project that they work on. So do you want to share a little bit about what that was and, and uh, maybe just give hmm. a little synopsis? Mine was a mess because I couldn't hone in on anything that I wanted at first. Um, in fact, again, I learned that my question was far, 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 or my project was far, far, far too large and vague. Um, the, so I think it changed maybe three or four times over the course of the program. Um, when I first went in there, I'm, I, I think it was drive store traffic. And basically what I found out was is that uh, everything revolves around driving store traffic, yeah. and there's not, like, really one solution. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I switched it. I think to uh, better managing my website, but at that time I was actually working with uh, Emerge Two, um, the guys who did my did my website. Um, so then I went back to Scott and said, "Well, Scott, I'm not actually building this; they're kind of doing it for me. I'm just sort of telling them what I want and what I expect, and well, not even that. They're telling me what they can do and what I should expect. I should put that <laughs> yeah. around um, and." Um, so then we ended up um, uh, after the second visit, and I was talking with uh, I'm really bad at uh, names, but I think his name is Gary Petz um, yeah, with Discovery Retail Group, and about their store design and layout. And I just thought it was absolutely brilliant, and then, and it also highlighted a, a deficit that I have here in the store, um, and how the layout is extremely challenging because we're not set up as a hardware store. We're set up as an old house that got turned into a hardware store. Um, so that impedes uh, customer traffic flow um, a lot. And so I, my project that I presented on was the steps to get to a store reset in a new layout. And part of that was things like, uh, and, and again, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but uh, we were just really, really far behind the curb in terms of just simple things like merchandising and lighting. So part of the presentation was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Orgo show and I'm going to buy a lot of scan hooks because we didn't have scan hooks. Everything was just on a regular pegboard hook. And my merchandising was, here's a graph paper uh, and pictures of everything where it belongs. <laughs> yeah. So we... Um, we, and everything had to be priced individually, and we weren't doing blind receiving, which I'm a huge proponent of. I know it's a hot topic, but if anybody wants my opinion, blind receiving is where it's at. Um, the um, so that was what I presented on, and so um, I did a and, and I'm if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm I am about as uh, computer literate as a box of toothpicks. I'm terrible, and so I tried to do a CAD drawing of the store with dimensions um, to send off to Gary Petz and Discovery Retail Group so that they could design a new layout for me. And uh, they very politely told me that my CAD drawing was garbage, um, <laughs> that it was not useful to them whatsoever. So um, uh, I am now working on r doing a hand-drawn um, graph paper image that I will send to them and then they will figure out for me from there. So what do you enjoy about this industry and why do you think, you know, I know you said you were living next to the previous owner. 
um, and he offered you the job, but why do you think you wanted to get into it and made a 21-year-old you say, yeah, let me buy a business and let me go into it? Like, what, what do you think drew you to it, and then what's kept you there and keeps you there? I love, uh, I love working with my hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that, in general, I just made me enjoy the hardware industry. I, I grew up on a farm, so I've always been around equipment and, and, and you know, the fix-it mentality. Um, I, you know, why, why are we buying something new when we can put a couple hours worth of sweat equity into it and make it, make it work? Um, the, what, and and, and it's, it's made me grow an awful lot. Um, I used to be extremely quiet. I didn't like talking to people. I was a shy kid. Um, and now, I mean, my favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing is when a customer comes into the store and asks a question and then we get into this really awesome dialogue about what their problem actually is and how to fix it. Um, and, and that's, I I would say that's what's kept me in it. Um, I, it, it stimulates my, my brain. Um, and I really love going into problem solving. Another thing that I learned about myself at RMCP, one of my pro, pro personality traits or whatever it's called, um, is, uh, has to do with, uh, you know, solving problems. Um, I love it. I love being, uh, uh, confronted with a, a challenge and a problem and having to come up with creative ways to, to fix it. Um, that, uh, and I, I think that's probably what kept me in it. Um, Cool. If I were to answer that question, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Ted, um, I I mean, I feel like we're kind of in Groundhog's Day right now. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's uh, great to be back. <laughs> we haven't re- we haven't um, released it yet. So um, as as I mentioned earlier, uh, this is kind of a um, add on to the episode that we originally recorded with you back on February seventh uh, earlier this year. Um, mm-hmm. February seventh was a different time. None of us knew what was coming down the line a month or so after. Um, so things really changed quickly in 2020, but I really wanted to release your episode, but we couldn't do that without getting you back on the line and telling us about some of the stuff that's happened. Uh, one of which 10 days after we had recorded our interview and we talked about, you know, your business and kind of the way it looks and all of the different things you've been doing and how you got involved in the hardware industry. I saw you at the, uh, Oracle show and you told me, yep, we had a fire. And (laughs) yeah, so I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then, of course, as our listeners know, and basically the whole world knows, um, a little bit after that experience for you guys, which is already stressful enough, uh, we faced COVID-19 and had are facing and still in many ways dealing with a global pandemic and kind of the aftermath of that. So would love to just kind of dig into that. But maybe first... um, just tell me a little bit about what happened uh, with the fire and and uh, we can kind of go from there. Okay, so I, I'm going to try to make it long story short. If I'm too long winded, please tell me to shut up because there's an awful lot going on. <laughs> um, basically, so February 17th, I think it was a Tuesday, um, we were working on a, because uh, uh, I had just launched this, uh, this handyman slash contracting business. So me and my uh, buddy were going out to... Um, 
finish refinishing a basement for these customers. And uh, I'm there for maybe, uh, I don't know, half an hour. My mom calls me. She says, Ted, the store's on fire. And I'm like, what store? And I'm like, oh, did the food line catch fire down the street? No, 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 it was my store. So we rushed back and it, it was it was a mess. I mean, there's firefighters everywhere. I swear half of Martinsburg, the, the town that we're in was there. I mean, just people everywhere. And uh, it was pretty wild. It, it was not a great experience. I mean, there was fire shooting from about, 60% of all the second story windows and through the actual roof itself. Um, it, uh, we, the, our biggest concern was the cats. Um, thankfully they both got out and we found them in, in a, in the churchyard next to us. And they were just kind of staring at the fire like, Hey, pretty cool. What's this? Um, so that was kind of lucky, but, um, I had, I had a moment of, of breakdown. In fact, somebody took a picture of me, uh, and not such a great moment and put it all over Facebook. I wasn't too happy about that, but, uh, I gotta say me and my, my family's, uh, attitude since then has been pretty good because, you know, wh what's the point in, you know, woe is me being about all this, you know, you got to move forward. We are insured. Um, insurance is taking forever, but I can't blame it on the insurance company. It's COVID-19, you know, insurance wants to pay. I mean, they really want to pay because the longer I'm out of business, the more they got to pay me. Um, but you know, they can't give me uh, money until they get reports, you know, estimates from this person. And, you know, we got to get engineers out there and we got to figure out how to handle the inventory and trying to get all those third party people to do this stuff in the middle of COVID-19 is really hard. And so here we are almost five months later. Um, and we are, I mean, we haven't even started demo right now. We're to the point where the insurance company and I are just coming to an agreement on an inventory number so we can figure out what to do with that so that we can uh, settle, remove the inventory from the store, um, probably end up salvaging most of it. Uh, believe it or not, so the second store caught fire. Um, it caught fire twice, actually. <laughs> uh, I had got home that night at three in the morning, had gotten into bed. I got a call from 911 and they said, hey, your store's on fire. And I'm like, yeah, I know they put it out four hours ago. They're like, no, it's on fire again. I'm like, what? Uh, oh, so yeah, it, it caught fire. They had thrown some debris out of the attic um, onto an adjoining flat roof. And that caught fire, which then subsequently destroyed my sharpening shop. So that was that was not great. <laughs> um, so um that was all that was destroyed most of the inventory was downstairs but water and it's turning out that be in a hardware store if any of y'all ever have to deal with this please god i hope not um in a hardware store you're dealing with a lot of small items you're dealing with you know you know blister packs of you know loctite you know stuff like i've, I've been out of the business so long i'm having trouble thinking of, of the hardware items <laughs> and um they require to be cleaned and it's okay in certain industries, you know, oh, we're just going to clean this one big item and you're good. Okay, no, we're talking thousands and thousands of little items that's got to be cleaned. At that point, the cost of cleaning far exceeds the value of the item. So mm -hmm. essentially salvage. And I can't sell it for liability reasons. You know, it's been in the presence of carcinogens. Um, no bueno. You know, the water that soaked the stuff, soaked through flooring that had been there since, you know, 1880 and asbestos and lead and all that nonsense. So it just can't be around. Um, so, yeah, 
it, it's 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 great. <laughs> so so that happened. You're dealing with kind of a delayed version of what most people will experience. And and I have heard before that insurance in general does take a while for these types yeah. of things. But it sounds like like you're saying with this, it's just been extended. Um, yes. Are you guys like? open at all? Cause I thought I saw on social media stuff like about different stuff with the business or are you, what are you doing? So, so my biggest fear through all of this is, um, having customers forget about me. I mean, you know, there's a silver lining to everything. Um, when the store caught fire, the community outpouring was insane. I mean, and I, and I was in a, I'll admit, I was in a really bad place after the store caught fire. You know, I was a very grumpy individual. And I, and, and the first thing that was in my mind when all these people were saying, God, we love you. Bolts is amazing. And all this stuff was like, okay, where have you been for the past five years? Why have you been shopping with me? Um, I'll admit that is not a great mindset to have. And I have since changed that. Um, and, and, and it basically goes like this. Um, there's a silver lining. Um, you know, what, what, what's the, the saying that you hear? Um, it, all, any press is good press. It's pretty much like that. We we were all over the news waves and, and yeah, jump started our existence in people's minds in a way that my budget would never be able to allow. And, um, but my biggest fear is that it's going to take so long to reopen that we're going to lose that. So I've been doing everything that I can to stay involved with the community. And so one of those things is I'm extraordinarily lucky that um, my family um, has enough another business uh, at our family farm and it's called old mcdonald's pumpkin patch i know it's not very you know original but that's what it is and so that's I actually what that. my times in october doing it's running bolts hardware and then on the weekends running the pumpkin patch and corn maze and it's pretty awesome we got a pretty huge operation so we have this setup we have this property it seemed to me like a really good opportunity to try to meld the two businesses together which is something i've been trying to do forever dad's not so much into it but you know <laughs> baby steps so we yeah. moved our plants uh or basically our garden center just strictly plants and seeds that's that's all i had out to the farm and it i mean logistically it was a nightmare and efficiency what's that you know <laughs> there was nothing streamlined about it um but we did it and of course then COVID 19 happens and that really threw a damper on it because you're trying to limit these people who are in there you know i the, my seed that i was selling comes from a contract i had to take you know that shipment of seed regardless and we couldn't sell it all because we couldn't have all those people there. Um, it was it was a mess. We actually, um, but we did a pretty good job. I got to say, we opened up a whole other website real quick through uh, Square um, that allowed us to do um, um, online orders for curbside pickup. Uh, that was really popular. Um, we also uh, used some scheduling app called Acuity um, okay. that allowed us to um, set time slots and and say okay th these are the times that are available um you know we we tried all kinds of different iterations of how to um do, to schedule people until we finally i think uh, settled in on uh like 10 minute um time slots per family is how we did it and that gave us time to have the customers come in get what they need sanitize everything like mad people real quick and get the next people come in, but you know, required extra staff. We had to have people out there for parking and not letting customers come in. You know, there are those individuals out there that either don't want to believe or don't care that COVID-19 was going on. And so we had to deal with a lot of 
people that didn't want to cooperate. Um, but uh, honestly, we did a really good job with it, and nobody left butt hurt, which was important. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was it was it was wild. I I, I got to tell you, I could talk about it for hours because it was just crazy. But just this past weekend, or just this weekend, we finally closed it up. I took down the signs, and we're going to start. Uh, um, wrapping everything up because you know plant season for us ends june 1st this year has been weird enough that it kind of extended it out to july 1st but now you know if i'm down there on a saturday we might have four or five customers rolling not not enough to make it worth it um but uh, i've got some other plans to keep the community involved um it's seeming like the insurance company after we settle is going to allow me um kind of as a, a uh, uh, sorry for taking so long. They're going to allow me to retain ownership of the inventory. Um, at which point I should be able to have an auction and try to make a little more money off of it. Um, yeah. and if I have an auction, there can be a disclaimer saying that, yes, this was damaged materials. Um, so I can kind of get away with it that way. And, yeah. uh, and, um, and I honestly, it, the only reason I would want to do that isn't for the money, but it's to keep the community involved because it's, if I have an auction, that means there's going to be more, more time that it takes for the inventory to leave the building. And right now is the goal. The inventory needs to leave the building so that we can start demo. Cannot do anything while the inventory is there. So, I mean, if anything, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this because, you know, I liked how you mentioned, you know, in the beginning, I was just so angry. It's almost like going through this kind of stuff. You you go through the the is it seven steps of grief? Like you're yeah. grieving what yeah. happened with the store. You're accepting it, and now it's like, okay, how do I move forward? And it's almost like I feel like our industry as a whole almost needs to face. You know, maybe they didn't have a fire like you guys did, but they're still facing you know, the grief of what they thought their spring selling season was going to be. And instead, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they were slammed, but it wasn't necessarily an enjoyable slammed because half their staff couldn't be in the building or like, mm -hmm. how, how would you say kind of trying to shift your perspective? And for some people, maybe they're not at that level yet, but like, has that almost helped you from a, like mentally even just to be like, I can't change what happened, but this is what I'm doing now. Like, I'd love yeah, to hear your so Believe, believe there's a, there's a book called the um um it's an old uh, philosophy text i think it's called the enkiridon or the enkiridon i can't speak greek um but it's it, it's a it's a text about stoicism and that has honestly helped me a lot because uh, in fact we were talking about it not with rob matthews but I, I, the other guy who wrote a book guy i can't think of his name but he was talking about spheres of influence at the rcmp and essentially that is a modern day version of what i read in this book and that's basically what i had to you know sit there and go okay i have absolutely no control over all this stuff and it is quite literally driving me insane you know i'm mm -hmm. spending all this time worrying about oh my gosh how am i going to do this i can't sleep why why what's it doing there's very few things under my control you know you know, send out the emails you got to do to bug the people you got to bug in the morning. And then the rest of the day, just focus on the stuff that you can handle. You, you did everything you could. And that that's basically what I've done. And then focus on the silver lining. Um, when this is over with, I'm going to have a store that's modern. You know, I've had to worry an awful lot about, you know, how am I going to afford the heat bill this, this winter? Because, you know, my heat goes right out the roof. Well, not anymore. It's, I'm going to have insulation. You know, everything's going to be insulated. You know, I've had to worry about, you know, 
power because the the fire that caught was an electric it was an electrical fire because the building was old knob and tube electrical so i don't have to worry about it anymore there's going to be reliable power where i need it um mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges that i faced after the rmcp is that i really 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 wanted to update lighting in the store but it just wasn't possible because there was never reliable power anywhere um so i was having to do all kinds of rigged up nonsense um to to get it going well i won't have to worry about that anymore so once this happens, you know, it will be better. Um, I'm going to, I mean, we were talking so much about upgrading, up, updating uh, your product. Uh, I'm really, I've been out of the industry. I've only been out of the industry five months and it's already started to slip up uh, product uh, mixes um, yeah. to, you know, better stuff. And that was always a problem for me because the inventory that I had was so old. I mean, some of the stuff has been in there since, you know, 1930. Um, and, you know, that, that was money that was tied up and taking up shelf space. Um, and there was never, you know, I, there are ways I've could have gotten rid of it. I'm aware of that, but bottom line is that I didn't. And, um, but now I'll be able to, you know, basically cash out all of that and, you know, redo the product category. Um, yeah. I have this really cool idea. <laughs> I haven't said this in public yet. This is a public this is going to get, but I remember yeah. listening to an, uh, to one of your episodes. Um, oh, and it, I think it was a hardware store up in Connecticut. And uh, and they had this uh, craft beer bar in the middle of their store. Oh yeah, no, it's in Vermont. It's Vermont. Mary's okay. in the den. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. So I'm sitting there thinking, look, looking at this, and going, that is the most genius thing that I've ever heard of. Because I mean, you need something weird and wild and wacky to to get your name out there, and then you had the added benefit of having a water watering hole for your customers. I mean, talk about you know getting people involved with your store my lord so we have uh the store is was a, a weird mixture of like five editions and part of it was a flat roof and i had always wanted to do something up there and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to make the entire structure a flat roof i'm getting rid of all the pitched roofs and then i'm yeah. going to put i'm going to put railing up and all this stuff and i'm going to put a local craft beer bar up on the rooftop of the store underneath awnings and stuff along with a local uh, with a, like a little coffee shop included that's and awesome. like uh, everybody's telling me like oh you can't do that that's just too much work and blah blah i'm like watch me <laughs> we're doing this <laughs> Love that. that'll be awesome honestly like and there are a few there's a there's another store that's a hardware store and a bar in like Oregon. So I know there's one in Oregon and then the one in Vermont. I mean, if you're wanting to do a road trip, I mean, from West Virginia, I don't know how far it would be, but it was such a cool store. And just Why like, haven't I, thought of that? I need to go on a hardware store road trip. I've got time. Seriously. I mean, you can, you have, you can go through all the stores. Me and Kevin actually went with me on. He was on it for part of the trip last year. I'll have to send you the link to my road trip through the new England area and the stores we yeah. visit. Um, but no, I mean, you get a lot of good ideas just visiting other people's stores. And that's what I've found. I mean, I'm, I'm not even a retailer, but I, I feel like I've seen and, and, and gotten to read about so many cool things. And I like what you're saying, bringing kind of an experiential thing. I, I really think after all of COVID-19, you know, hopefully they come up with a, uh, vaccine soon and like life can get even more back to normal i mean right now i don't want to get into it because it's kind of it gets you kind of nervous when you're seeing numbers going back up all over but eventually eventually i just want everything to as close as it can be and you know as 
I hate the phrase because people use it all the time, but our new normal, um, I do think people are going to be craving that uh, human interaction because yes. we're so isolated. And so the stores that have the cafe or the spot where you can get local brew, like brewed beer and hang out and gather, like we're people are so um, looking for opportunities to get together in person. And it has a different weight, especially when you've been kind of held back from that. For oh, um, I, I, that, awesome. That, that's that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I think it's yeah. going to be really cool. And, and you know, and 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 since this since this has happened, it's not. I'm only like uh, as the. I don't know if anyone else uses the term as the crow flies, but I use it as this crow flies. I'm a mile away from Lowe's, and then mm-hmm. also they're bringing in the Harbor Freight a mile away from <laughs> from from me. So I'm, I'm I'm getting surrounded. So I've got to do, and my. it's no secret the demographic around here is just not very local centric they're just not um it's it's just a fact of my life it is what it is um but i've got to find something to set myself apart and i don't know that seems just wild and wacky enough to do it you have that human that human connection um and then that, that that experience with your brand um i mean so yeah i mean i can get so again, this is just changing my, my mindset. I can get irritated with customers for coming to me for the weird stuff, but not coming to me every time they need a roll of duct tape. They'd rather go to Lowe's, right? And that does hurt the bottom line. Or I can go, well, not my fault or not their fault. You know, these big box stores got a massive uh, advertising budget. I don't. I'm not at the forefront of their mind. So maybe I just do something just wild enough to get it out there. And then when and then when the, the press from that wildness wears off, do something else wild, you know, just keep, keep doing it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I feel like, so we covered the fire, uh, we covered kind of the, the seven steps of grief that anyone would face dealing with a store fire, being out of work, dealing with all that aftermath. And then, and on top of that, you throw COVID-19 in the mix. I mean, this has been a challenging year, but I feel like, for you guys and for any of the other retailers out there who are just like, can I get catch a break? I, I always say this to my friends and family and stuff. And I feel like the, the roughest times in our lives and the lives or the times when we're challenged the most, you know, it makes the times where things are good and going great. Like you're able to enjoy it even more. So. Oh, most definitely. I think and go, wow, look at like what I faced and look at where we're at now, you know? And the thing is, is that, you know, yeah, everyone's struggling this year and there might be more struggling to go. If 2020 keeps doing what 2020 does, um, it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be a wild ride here on 2021. But the things you're learning, the, the things that you're learning about yourself and what you're capable of doing and um, and different ways of viewing things, dealing with things, um, you're going to come out better on the other side. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much as long as you keep on, keep, keep on getting it, you know? Um, and that's something that's pretty cool about, you know, our industry is that that's what we do. You know, we just keep on getting on and, uh, there's, there's literally no way that we're not going to come out better on the other side. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. I think, I think there's good things to come and, uh, just keep your, keep your nose to the grind and hopefully everything gets squared away. So when they, when you finally get insurance cleared and all that, are you doing like, are you basically like 
raising, like getting rid of everything and starting back from scratch? Are you using the same footprint and just like completely gutting the inside? Like what's kind of the plan with that? Well, the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know exactly how much leeway the insurance company is going to give me. But what I do know is that my insurance agent is um, worthy of praise because he made me buy uh, code coverage. Um, which was maybe like a hundred dollars a year, not that much. And I was, you know, I don't want to spend that money. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, do it. And that's what saved me. Um, mm-hmm. because there was not a single bone in that building that was to code. We're talking a well into uh seven figure or just getting into seven figure rebuild here. And wow. I guess I don't mind putting this out there. My insurance b- building replacement cost was only five hundred and eighty thousand. Um, but because the building, because the insurance, I have that code coverage, that code protection, since the entire structure has to be brought up to code, which basically means that, yes, everything's going. The only thing that's staying is the outer brick walls. At at, at a point in time, the only thing left on that building is going to be the outer brick walls and, uh, you know, a, a dirt foundation crawl space um because you know studs i mean in my opinion the the studs and the beams and the trusses they were all rough rough cut true dimensional you know oak that's better than modern code but it doesn't matter you know it it needs to be brought up to code so everything has to be replaced and and if it has to be replaced because of code it's covered by that code code coverage so i'm really 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 lucky there um, but as far as how the layout's going to be, I really don't know. Um, I don't know what they're going to make me do. I don't know if they're going to say, no, it must go back as is. Um, or if they're going to say, well, you know, you, you take the money and do with it what you want. If that's the case, yeah, there's going to be major changes. In fact, when this first happened, one of the first things I did was try to get a hold of Gary Pets over at Discovery Retail Group. Because I was like, dude, I want the store, you know. I've got a clean slate right now, so let's do it. What do you think would be fantastic? Um, you know, I, I might have learned a lot at that class, but I certainly ain't no Gary Pets and Phil Mitchell. So, you know, I, yeah. their expertise would be very much uh, appreciated. Um, but uh, they pretty much said, well, wait until you know what's going on and then contact them. So as soon as I know exactly what's going on, I'm contacting them and we're going to do a store layout, um, store layout design because – um, they're the only people I know who can make um, a weird footprint like my store have work and work great. And yeah. uh, like I said, I'm not willing to go through this without going coming out better on the other end. And so yeah. um, I'm pretty excited about that, too. <laughs> awesome. Well, if anyone uh, I'll, I'll just tell our listeners to follow along, find you guys on social media and uh, hopefully are you going to do like photos so that you can have like a progression from be- beginning to end of like, once you start like fixing it up and all of that? Yeah. So what we're doing is um, we're doing uh, videos. Um, we're just cr- cr- collecting a library of videos where, you know, you know, I might be walking around the store and, you know, saying, okay, this is what we've done today. And this is, you know, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And um, at just before we open, if not after, um, I, I think it should be just before we open, we're going to compile the video and then put it out there and show, okay, this is where we were and this is where we are. And this is how we got here. Um, 
I'm pretty excited about that. I'm probably going to, you know, tear up and cry like a little baby when I watch it, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not. Yeah. Are you going to have like a, a whole, um, reopening and have like the community all come together since they were there and supported you guys too? Most definitely. I'm not entirely too sure what that's going to look like yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, I gotta say the, uh, the city, the city of Martinsburg, who, um, in the past has been nothing but a giant pain to deal with. Um, they have stepped up to the plate. Um, they alone held the keys to me being able to rebuild it all. And they said, look, you do what you have to do. You have complete and total, um, uh, free reign from us to do whatever you want. Um, and you know, for instance, our street, we have street parking, side street parking. It's not great. You know, it doesn't matter how big of a sale I have. I can only have so many people in the store because there's only so many places to park. So I went to the city. I said, why don't we make this side street a one way? The street next to it's a one way. Let's make it a one way and then put diagonal parking on both sides of the street. And they said, of course, whatever you want. So, I mean, I'm super excited about that. I mean, I, I just something that would have taken a year long conversation with them before um, I got exactly what I needed in a 30 second phone conversation with them. That's awesome. I basically tripled my store capacity in a 30, 30 second phone conversation. So, um, that's been pretty awesome. Great. Well, we're excited for you guys. We'll be following along and, uh, thanks again for coming on and kind of updating our listeners. Uh, I'm just, I'm just glad we were able to have you kind of tell the, the second half to the story that yeah. kept us from releasing it for every time Kevin, um, you know, would, would come to me and say, well, do you want to do Ted's episode down? I'm like, well, now COVID hit. Like, I, I don't know yeah. if that <laughs> right? would mention it, you know? So, um, so this is great. And we'll be able to kind of meld the two episodes into this one and uh, yeah, share it with your, share it with your um, customers and keep, keep your business on, on their minds too. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, uh, I love talking to y'all. So this is great. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a good uh, rest of your week. I mean, it's already almost the weekend, so have a good one. I will. (laughs) All right. Bye, Ted. See ya.